0: comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Heather Haverleski is the author of Foreverland on the divine tedium of marriage. Heather is also the author of What If This Were Enough?, How to Be a Person in the World, and Disaster Preparedness. She writes the Ask Polly column for New York Magazine, as well as the newsletter Ask Molly, and has written for The New Yorker, The Atlantic, The New York Times Magazine, and NPR's All Things Considered, among others. She was Salon TV's critic for seven years. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and their children. Welcome, Heather. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Foreverland and the Divine Tedium of Marriage.
4: Thanks, Sibby. I'm so happy to be here. This
0: book had more amazing one-liners. Like, I feel like I could have underlined every line. Like, you could have a whole Twitter account. In fact, I went on your Twitter to see if maybe you were already doing that. Like, you could just (laughs) take all these one-liners, and they should all be tweets because they're so good. Anyway.
4: I, I, you know, I should do that. You should do that. That's the kind of thing that I don't generally do, and I I should do. You should, because I feel like they could all be on a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt.
0: Seriously, I want to put uh, this one. Wait, which is the one I love? A Baby is a Marriage Crisis. Like, that should be on a t-shirt. That's hilarious. You know, happy new baby. Here's your your t-shirt and a copy of Heather's book. (laughs) Anyway, okay, for people who are not familiar with your book, could you please explain the whole premise behind it and what inspired you to share all of this private information?
4: Well, I... I knew that I had a lot of stories from the last 15 years of raising kids and having, uh, you know, maintaining a marriage with relative success. And when I read books about marriage, for other purposes, I reviewed a few books about marriage. I sort of was struck by how I I always felt like I wanted to know more. Like I couldn't see, I wanted to know how, you know, I would end up with theories about how well people got along (laughs) because I I couldn't tell from reading the book what the texture of the marriage was like. And so I figured that because my marriage is healthy and happy, that I should be the one to write a perfectly wonderful, honest, you know, brutally clear picture to write the book about marriage that we you know, that didn't exist Um, That give you a feeling of how hard it can be, how you can have cold feet even though, you know, you found the person you want to be with. And in fact, when you found the person you really want to be with, and you know that they're right for you and you know that they're healthy for you and you're attracted to them, you can't talk yourself out of being with them because everything adds up. That's when your commitment phobic soul comes out. And that's when your sort of worst self shows up to mess things up because, that's when you're really facing commitment for the first time. It's easy to feel like you're into commitment and into love when you're chasing people and trying to get a commitment out of them and trying to make things work. And he just won't quite show up and he won't quite answer my questions. But when someone is standing in front of you, loving you and saying, I'm not going anywhere, that's when your avoidant self comes out and says, get me the hell out of here. I'm done. I can't, you know, because you have to face yourself once that happens. So that's really what the book is about. That's what I set out to write. Now, did I end up writing the, you know, Great Marriage Guide to Great Marriages? You know, hello, from on high, welcome to my land of amazing marriages. No, I ended up challenging my own marriage, having a bunch of breakdowns, COVID set in. I mean, all of these chaotic elements came into my life And so, yeah, the book turned out a little differently than I expected in some ways. (laughs) The book has,
0: people have very strong feelings about airing the, what's the expression, dirty laundry or whatever else about what's going on. I love that you did this. I am like a huge fan. I feel like people don't talk enough about what goes on and that makes people sometimes worry, I think, about their own marriages or feel like, how are we supposed to know what's normal if we have nothing to compare it to. And like, am I happy enough? Is this what it's supposed to be like? So I actually really welcome this sort of new crop of books about the reality of marriage, but I watched the the clip on the view. Did you watch that? I mean, you must have, or maybe you didn't.
4: Yeah, no, I did. I saw it. Someone and said I'm it to like, me. you know, people have very strong
0: feelings. Uh, what do you make of that, right? Some people think you shouldn't be, that it's really mean to your husband. And I didn't get that vibe at all. I mean, when I read it, I was like, okay, he's very—he's laid back enough that he's cool with this, right? He just wants her to do what's right for her book, and that's amazing. And, you know, I actually give him lots of credit for being willing to have himself written about like this and, for, and you for doing it. But I felt like the end result was so awesome that you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, why should anybody else judge it? So I don't know. What did you think?
4: I think that to be fair, everyone has their different comfort zones, right? Like to be, to be sort of like a uh, compassionate about it. There are things that I would not, I wouldn't dream of writing about that other people write about. And I'm like, Oh, why did she, why did she go there? Why did he do that? And I think that that's, that's normal. I think marriage is a big don't touch it area for plenty of people. So I sort of anticipated that there would be some mixed feelings about this book and that people would, I don't know, the, the problem with questions that involve women's emotions and marriage and women in marriage and mothers and wives, people move into sort of, you know, their anger becomes moralistic in these areas. You know, it's like you suddenly it's not just. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I I don't think that's right to like, that's, you know what? That's a sin. That's wrong. Like what you did. I think one of the uh, hosts on the view said something like, yeah, that's all true, but she wrote it down. Mm -hmm. And also she's, she was just staring at, I think they had two blurbs from the book. One was snoring a heap of meat, yes, which is how I described my husband at one point. And another was smelly heap of laundry and that seemed to be the extent of what they'd written, what they'd yes. read yes. Um, from the book. And so she was saying, I, ha- I hate this. She was yeah. just looking at this words saying, I hate this. I and saw that. It's so passionate, right? It's like this woman is doing, you know, she's sinning against her husband and the world by calling him it, these insults, these names. But the thing is, Within a book, I mean, the book is written. I'm a writer. I've been writing for 26 years. Within the book, that's an image I use to explain. I mean, Smelly Heap of Laundry is, it's an image I use to explain the feeling of waking up in your house and there's someone there in the way, you know? <laughs> it's not that it's not that you don't want to say, here's my husband and I love him. There are just mornings. I wanted to capture the feeling of, you wake up some mornings and there's an obstacle. What is the obstacle made of? Is it made of dirty laundry? That's the most, you know, for a mother and a parent, that's the most obvious thing that it could be made of. Oh, it's made of man. That's not, that hasn't had his coffee yet, you know, and it also smells like dirty laundry. Get it out of my way so I can go about my day. I wanted, you know, I set out when I wrote that to capture the feeling of one part of a marriage. And my goal with the book was how do I get all of the textures of living with someone and tolerating them and knowing that you really don't want to leave them ever knowing that you need them? Like what, how does it feel to realize that you'll never escape and you shouldn't escape, but part of you wants to escape sometimes. You know, how do you, how do you confront that? And it's not a conversation that we have very often in our culture. So I thought it was, I was attracted to it for that reason, not just to make people mad. I mean, that's one benefit. I mean, I think it's kind of fun that people are getting mad at it. It's also though frustrating because it's a good book and it's a funny book. And I feel like it's strange that it's been reduced to wife is a bitch, hates her husband. So that's frustrating. I could see that being frustrating because that's not at all
0: (laughs) what this book is. Not to mention, Mm -hmm. you're, again, with like how you write about it is so funny and incisive and just awesome. I have to read a few more examples, if you don't mind. (laughs) I want every romantic comedy to open on a couple's first detailed discussion of past dental work. And I wanted to end with a two-hour long game of Monopoly in which our dashing hero is forced to mortgage boardwalk then he has a spectacular meltdown and quits the game in a blizzard of fake money and flying red plastic hotels whether we know it consciously or only sense it subconsciously we have some shared murky awareness that hatred and love are the same thing you love what you hate And hate what you love. Your hatred has power because it points back to your weaknesses. Your hatred makes you feel small and helpless. Your hatred gives you a motive, an attraction, a reason to try. Your hatred fuels you. Your hatred turns you on, in other words. You have to bring every tool and every strength at your disposal when you do battle against something you hate. See how we're talking about sex now? (laughs) Nothing is hotter than hating someone and then joining forces with them or trying to join them and failing. Envy is in the mix, too. Anyway, that goes on and on. It's so great. And then, wait, hold on. I see Bill with a scorching clarity that pains me. This is why surviving a marriage requires turning down the volume on your spouse so you can barely hear what they're saying. You must do this not only so you don't overdose on the same stultifying words and phrases within the first year, but also so your spouse's various grunts and sneezes and snorts and throat clearings don't serve as a magic flute that causes you to wander out the front door and into the wilderness never to return. When Bill sneezes, it's like a blast from an air horn aimed at your face. No matter where he is in the house, his sneezes are excruciatingly loud. And then that whole chapter was like genius by the way because you kept even like at the end of the next page phil is drawing his hands quietly he hasn't made a sound for a while phil just blew his nose then gas and cleared his throat again oh my god you're so funny
4: okay one more i took a few of those out for the excerpt too i mean the, some of those you know everyone complained about the phlegmy sounds but i actually deleted a few phlegmy sounds so to, in order to you know Oh I, no! I'm Be disappointed sensitive. that I picked
0: whatever was excerpted. <laughs> this is just what I what appealed to me. Yeah, and then the last one for now. Uh, this was about your funny author crush, which I loved. We can talk about that. But they all said, "Why do you care about this so much?" And you said, "I don't know." The question alone made me pathet- made me feel pathetic because because I'm old. I said, bursting into tears, "I'm old, and you're old, and nothing new is ever going to happen to us. We're going to die soon, and we'll never do anything exciting or weird or crazy before then. We'll just get older and older, and everything will stay exactly the same until we're dead." I was right that death was closer than we thought, but I was wrong that nothing would ever change. Everything was about to go haywire. And you did speak early in the book about how the sign of a successful marriage is death, which is crazy, right? You can't, like, to really (laughs) succeed, you have to die.
4: Yeah, you don't. I mean, that was something that, uh, among many things, when I sat down to write the book, you know, I'm a writer. I thought about what is marriage and, and why do we do it? And I challenged myself to, like, Take marriage apart, think about it as a construct. I mean, I went into it with this idea that I was going to expose how it can be difficult, but how ultimately marriage is amazing and great. And of course we love it. And then when I started to think about what marriage actually is, it was like, God, it's funny how many ways we can fail at marriage. It's so easy to fail. If you, if one of you doesn't die, you failed by definition. <laughs> and that's just sick and crazy but by the same token i also i mean it's interesting because i sort of learned the benefit of sticking with a commitment along the way not only because i because i had to write about what was okay because i held myself to writing a real view of my marriage and because i wanted to be completely honest about the weaknesses of my marriage i also had to address the weaknesses And there were points when I thought, why am I talking about marriage? We don't have a perfect marriage. Is our marriage really passionate enough? You know, and I would question like, are we really communicating on the level that I want to communicate? Are we communing as much as I, I, you know, sort of romanticize inside my mind? And the crush was definitely a piece of that. It was like, why am I able to create this imaginary world around this fictional character I've created out of this person I don't know, when I'm not creating an imaginary world around my husband as much? You know, like, how how does that work? Why why am I doing that? And so by looking at some of these things, I sort of ended up finding, you know, strengthening my connection to my husband, but it took kind of crawling on our hands and knees and also feeling a little threatened by the book itself. Not because people were going to, you know, oh, it would be humiliating if people knew this stuff. I mean, there were certainly times when I thought, Jesus, I don't want to tell anyone any of these things, like where I was just hiding from the book. But once the book sort of felt like a thing and felt whole, and once I had edited it enough and the process was just working and it was getting more entertaining and more, I mean, the thing is, you can't I'm interrupting myself, but basically, once something becomes good, you don't feel humiliated by it. Even if you, as long as you are comfortable with the the disclosures that you chose to make. I mean, I think that I became comfortable with the disclosure about the crush, partially because I became comfortable with the idea that it was just very much human nature to have a crush 15 years into a marriage, and that the crush doesn't have to be humiliating it doesn't have to be upsetting or dumb it doesn't have to make you feel stupid it just is it's just it's just part of being alive you feel something and you I mean, okay, so where did we start? I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of picking different tributaries. Well, here, them, Ooh, yeah. I, you know, I I so I host this
0: podcast. I co-host a podcast called Sex Talk with Zivian Tracy. And we talk about like all these anonymous questions that come in. And one person this week had a question about a crush. And I actually talked about your book on that show because I was like, oh well, let me give you an example of, of a crush and how you went home when, at least at first, when you thought that somebody was playing footsie with you under the table. And you came back and told your husband, about it. And you were like, this is amazing. And he kind of got into it. He's like, are you going to see him? Are you going to talk to him? Like, how's it going? And he became almost like this conspirator, that co-conspirator in this thing. And like, it was like almost happening to both of you. Anyway, I said that on the show and Tracy my co who's been like an expert for 17 years. She's like, that is a sign of a happy marriage. That is a very healthy relationship. (laughs) She's written. So anyway, in case you you care, I'll send you the episode when it comes out, just so you can hear us talking about your life. That's funny. Yeah. But being able to take a crush into your relationship and own it and talk about it because crushes happen and it's okay and it's normal, but it's how you deal with it with your spouse, your partner that makes all the difference. So anyway.
3: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was an adventure. I, I don't think that I, at the very beginning, I you know, straight out of the gate, it was just obvious that I would tell him. It was like... I didn't have a crush yet. I was just right. That was just on, the beginning. Yeah, that was the. I beginning. was just reporting on something that happened, and I was like, "Oh my god, this thing happened." Do you, can you believe that people have affairs? It's so weird. Like, what does this guy just go around scream people all the time? Like, how does that happen? And then you know, Bill left town, and I, and I was like, "Oh my god, people go around." What's that like? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How does, how does that look? Hmm. I wonder why he wanted to hit on me. What does it what is this? What does he like about me? I just like to hear. Maybe I could just have a drink with him and he could tell me all about the <laughs> things he thinks so exciting about me that made him take an action. And so it becomes this ridiculous, like fantasy vanity project, which is, you know, kind of awful and pathetic, but it's also just being. A woman who's alive and in the world. I mean, in some ways, it, I mean, I write about this in the book. It motivated me to make my life a little bigger because Mm -hmm. if this small thing could make me feel, ooh, you know, it was just, it it was for a long time, it was just so embarrassing that something so small could matter so much to me. And it just said something about the fact that, wow, maybe (laughs) to get out more that you just, you know, you find it so incredible that someone could be attracted to you and take action because of it. Like, why are you living that way? You should be out in the world more if this is how you're thinking about yourself. So that was one good thing, but it was definitely not all, we have a great relationship and we'll just keep talking about this. I mean, when Bill called me from out of town and said, and I said, oh my God, I've been thinking about the crush and I didn't I didn't, you know, I didn't say the crush, obviously I said, I've been thinking about that guy who kicked me and I, and I, I don't know, it's so weird and I'm sorry, you know? And he was like, whatever, no big deal that, you know, people do this sometimes <laughs> they fantasize. It's fine. And then, uh, but then it went on and on where I was trying, I couldn't get, I mean, not to spoil the end of that chapter. Cause it's a really good story. I won't. It's a great story, but I couldn't understand why I didn't, wasn't, I couldn't. I didn't want to dig for information, but I wanted to know why, you know, Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. wanted some acknowledgement that, okay, you know, you hit on me, right? Like we remember that. And I never got it. I mean, months went on and I was like, we were kind of just very casually in touch about nothing. And I was like, when, when is he going to say like, Hey, by the way, nothing. So it create, you know, just not knowing something Mm -hmm. like the fire, which was also absurd. And so, I mean, I think that in some ways our marriages are these little planets, right. Mm -hmm. That we live on. And then when, you know, a meteor comes and it's just a bunch of rocks, but you're like, oh my God, I saw something, you know? And I, and I think that isolation and alienation from the outside world that a marriage can sometimes create is it's, it's, I think it's generative and interesting to look at that, you know, and explore it and ask yourself, what am I missing that I care so much about something so small? Like, what do we need? And so we found a bunch of things that we actually felt like we needed just from that experience. And, you know, it was great for the book. It was like an interesting, I, you know, I don't linger on it that much because there's all of this little kids era, beginning of relationship. I mean, there's a second book (laughs) to be written about, you know, even just the last three chapters of the book, everything goes haywire. Yep. And I didn't want it to be about the pandemic or mm-hmm. about, you know, I get diagnosed with cancer. It's, I don't think it's clear in the book that it's that I really got diagnosed with cancer because there was like a false alarm at first. But, you know, you can't take your book and then just drive it off a cliff at the end. <laughs> like all this stuff happened, oh well. And so the, one of the challenges of writing the book was going in and saying, how do I make this a coherent narrative based on what actually is happening? You know, and where's the stopping point where it makes sense to say, you know, okay, like these things have happened. And where are we now? And luckily, Jesus, luckily, we were kind of in this really good place by the end. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to build into the end of the book a little bit of things change and you're in a different place almost every day, if not every year in, yes. within your marriage. And that's normal. And you can repeat what you believe in, but you're really just talking about beliefs and you can have a real commitment and that's real. I mean, I feel very committed to my marriage, but it's also true that people change and things change. And it's helpful to have a compassionate stance about that because that's just the kind of place you want to, that's the energy you want to bring to your marriage in the first place. You know, you're you're dealing with a living, breathing human being who has new needs and new desires and new dreams all the time. Here's my question.
0: We have friends getting married this weekend. Do I bring this book to them or not? Do we want people who are setting out on a marriage to know all the nitty gritty of what happens years and years in? Is it better to not know and to go in blind? Or do we think that it helps to know at the outset?
4: I think it would be really good for them. I mean, you know, I even know single people who are saying, I feel like I could maybe be married and I never thought that I could be married before after reading this book. I feel like it's not, it's kind of, it's kind of like you, there are dramatic ways of talking about, and also just acknowledging, okay. Acknowledging the drama that exists within human relationships is It can be kind of harrowing to say, you know, there's, you know, love is also hate. And Mm -hmm. there's a reason why romantic comedies usually have two people who get on each other's nerves and Mm -hmm. then they kiss. Yes. So, but those words, I mean, some people are just afraid of words, right? Or they're afraid of the depth of feeling and the And also the darkness that hides behind all lightness and the, you know, the inseparable nature of just the gray areas in anything. A lot of people want you to just know there are happy marriages and unhappy marriages and you figure out which one you have. And if you're in a bad one, you quit it. And if you're in a good one, you stick with it. And I think that acknowledging how complicated and also how simple a marriage can be and acknowledging the fact that the one thing that's going to get you through the messy times is just a, for, a forgiveness of yourself and a forgiveness of the other person. and so once you can forgive each other for just being the filthy animals that you are, you ha- you create this space where you feel more alive because you're welcoming in your emotions. it's strange to you know get hit on and then enjoy the fact that you got hit on within a marriage with someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's also, if you didn't do that, if you just said, I don't know, something happened and you buried it. And then 10 years later had an affair, you know, it's just, that's a less joyful way of living. It's good to live inside reality with another person and to acknowledge, you know, your emotional reality. So I feel like the fact that you know, knowing that you're going to fail within a marriage a lot. I feel like really, I I think that would have helped me. I didn't know that I would feel, especially in the early days of my marriage, I kind of felt like, wow, we're just really hitting this out of the park. Like we belong together. This is great. And when you have little kids, you're just like, look at our beautiful children and us, we're just getting, you know, this is the dream we're doing so well, even when things are kind of, even when the wheels are coming off, it's still sort of like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's cool. This is chaos. I mean, we've we've been warned about this. It's almost like when you settle in for the long haul and you start to say, "Oh my god, like I'm not just not as good as I thought I was." You know, like you have this time in your life <laughs> where you're just like, you know, wow, you're not, you're not, you know, the the gloss kind of comes off. I don't know. I I just. I, I, I'm kind of. I think that it's it's like a gift to people to be able yeah. to say. I think I'm going to give it. Is the answer? Yeah, I'm going
0: yeah. to give it to them, and we'll see. We'll see if they ever call me again. Okay, I know we're almost out of time. What advice would you have to aspiring authors?
4: Oh, find a way to protect your strange impulses from the outside world until you develop a faith in your weird. I have a I have a songwriter friend who calls it your homeland like you you treasure and encourage your native voice people call it finding your voice but that sounds like a journey somewhere else mm-hmm. and i would say it's more like figure out what your homeland is figure out what you really believe in and love and what you enjoy on the page you know from yourself and then find a way to keep you know keep out not constructive criticism and feedback but when it comes to your you just key things that make you who you are, find a way to really nurture and encourage and fertilize those things love it amazing. well, I am
0: now a huge, huge fan of yours. I will read whatever you write next. I am so excited. no, I'm serious i I love your voice. I really do so i'm I'm glad that that was your advice because it's funny. and again, I'm telling you, like go through and pick out some of these. Little lines because, like, there were at least 50 that I was like, I should put this on my bulletin board.
4: <laughs> Whoa, okay. All right. So, um, that's so my next assignment. That's your BMI. next assignment. You <laughs> thank can, you so much. You can, I really like tag me it. quietly or forward it to me after you, and Yeah, like, retweet it or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, ta- I'll tag
0: you. I'll tag you. You're going to get tired of the, the. No, I'm not. I love it. People are going to think I'm like miserable in my marriage or something. <laughs> like, why is she tagging Zibby? What, what does this mean? <laughs> anyway. Instructions
4: for Zibby. Yeah, exactly.
0: Anyway. Okay. Thank you so much. And it was great to be in touch. Yeah. It was so fun. Thank okay. you. All right. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And, of course, my new publishing company called zivy Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids.
2: Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the
0: show. Bye